On today's episode of Let's Grow Together, I talk with author and coach Danny Bader. This is such an amazing, incredible conversation. He has such a remarkable story of his near-death experience, or in this case, death. Um, And the title of this is Back to Life because he actually did die. Um, And we go through all the different levels and the things that he's gone through and, and how we can go through these principles that he has through his company, Jackrabbit. And it's just such a phenomenal conversation. Needs no more introduction than that. So let's just dive right in. But first, the intro. Welcome to Let's Grow Together. My name is Nick Bonatotibus, motivational speaker and digital marketing strategist. And this podcast is all about helping you grow both in life and business. Let's dive in. All right, we are here and I am excited. I have been looking forward to getting this gentleman on the show. Um, You know, it's been so great to be able to connect with you, um, you know, in that first time that we met and, you know, been able to stay connected and you have such a fascinating story and I'm so, you know, looking forward to getting into it, but real quick, before we dive into the story, uh, just tell us a little bit about, you know, who you are, what you do and and who you serve. Okay. Yeah. Nick, thanks a lot for having me on. I've been looking forward to it as well. As you and I have said, we could probably talk a long time. So, It'll be great to go for at least 45 minutes or so today. Yeah, so, so Danny Bader, and I've been an author and a speaker now and a corporate trainer for 20 years. I worked uh, for corporations. MBNA was a credit card company back in Wilmington, Delaware. And that's where I first kind of dipped my toes into personal growth, personal development, although it was always of interest to me. And then I went and I worked for a couple of companies. David Allen wrote a great book called Getting Things Done. The Art of Stress-Free Productivity, and uh, he had a great business and very much entrenched, so I learned a lot from him. I was very um, thankful to have worked with him for a number of years, met some great people, and then I went out on my own a few years ago, and I have a a company called Jackrabbit Consulting, and you are sporting the Jackrabbit (laughs) tea there. I appreciate that, filling it out nice for those guns. Um, So I went out on my own, and, and I've written a couple of books. You know, maybe we can talk about those, and you know, my purpose really is just every day to connect with spirit, very important for me, and support my family, friends, and other people uh, on this wonderful journey called life. And I do that through, well, I I did it through in-person keynotes and and workshops. And when we've had the uh, situation that we have now with COVID-19, I've been able to shift and do some webinar work. I have one called the path of resilience and then another one just on, on outlook and some productivity things. So serving mostly corporate audience, but also have a social media presence and just looking to support as best I can anybody on this journey. Love it. Awesome. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so excited to, to dive in because, um, you know, I've only heard, uh, basically like the title of your story. Um, and, uh, which, you know, I really just want to, you know, kind of dive, dive right into it because I've just been chomping at the bit kind of wanting to hear your story. So you have your, your, uh, your book, um, you know, back was back from back to life. Yeah. Yeah. So back to life is just the, uh, it's the second edition of the first book, which is really the story. And I'll kind of get into that. It's back to life, the path of resilience, which I think is, is so important for all of us. Right. Um, yeah, resilience for me is not the place we get to, but resilience, resilience is a noun, right? So it's a person, place, or thing. 
but it's defined as the capacity to move through difficult times. So it's really that thing within us, but you can't see it, right? You don't say, oh, look at that guy. He's got a lot of capacity. You know, he's got a lot of capacity and uh, a lot of resilience. Resilience is seen through what you do every day and how you think. So when we're going through a difficult time, resilience is not the end when we get through it. For me, that's your vision. Uh, resilience is the path. How am I moving through it? What principles am I applying? What am I thinking? And then as you and I have always talked about, what am I doing? What's the action around that? So yeah, the book Back to Life is the story of a young man named Jake. And uh, the first line of the book is, why is there no blood? Why is there no blood? And it takes you right into Jake's world. In the book, Jake's life is very much based on what happened to Danny. So why is there no blood comes from this. Here's the story. When I was 28 years of age, me and a good friend of mine, um, we lowered a ladder. He and his brother had a, a construction company, a roofing company. And we were cleaning up one hot July day towards the end of July. I was 28 years of age. I wasn't married, no children yet or anything. And had been on a, you know, a little journey of trying to find myself bouncing around through different jobs. And, um, you know, I was starting to kind of come out of that. I was making some decisions. And he and I inadvertently, tragically, um, hit it. We were lowering a metal ladder and we hit an electric line that had about eight to 10,000 volts of electricity in it. And that electricity came down and went into my body, went into my buddy's body, and it killed both of us. And, um, you know, we lost my buddy that day, wonderful husband and brother and son and father of, of three kids. And um, I came back to life, thus the title. So while many people don't share that experience that I had where my body stopped, according to, uh, we'll get into that a little bit, according to another eyewitness that was there, did some CPR on me. Um, only about 5% of the people, the adults uh, population in US, I know, report a near-death experience. Um, so not a lot of commonality there, but here's what we do have in common for everybody that's listening. Every day, right, when, when we come out of sleep, and if you're blessed you know, to open your eyes and you're blessed to have your feet hit the floor, and even if you're not, you're back to life. So the question is, it always comes down to two big questions for me that I've kind of evolved into being the foundation for us. What am I up to creating in my life? What are you up to creating in your life in those key areas? And then how are you going about creating it? That's the whole process. And that's the principles that you and I have kind of talked about. So that's in a nutshell, the story. Then part two is the journey of how do you move through that? Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's so a wild, you know, especially uh, 28, I'm 28 years old. I'll be, you know, uh, 29 in two weeks, but um, yeah. still 28 right now and in a, in a very similar situation. And, you know, it's just an interesting aspect of that appreciation um, for life going forward because mm -hmm. I have to imagine that, you know, that's, I mean, obviously it's a life changing experience, but to me, the biggest value is just like the appreciation, especially to be, you know, I didn't realize, you know, when I'd heard the story that there was somebody else involved. Um, and so for you to, to come out of it, I'm, I'm sorry for your loss and that's, you know, horrible, but you know, yeah. with you. everything you've been doing, you know, you've been, you know, pushing to, to, to help other people, you know, see the value and, yeah. you know, your appreciation for life and how has that kind of evolved, you know, from this journey of, you know, going through that 
and, you know, then making your way to where you are now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, it, it certainly is a tragedy and, and the biggest tragedy of it, of it is that we lost our, my friend that day, you know, but I got to tell you, his wife and three ch- children have, you want to talk about perseverance and uh, resilience, man, they, they have just lived a fantastic life. Um, his wife did a tremendous job of, of mothering and raising the kids and they're all doing wonderful work. And I'm sure, you know, I'm probably going to watch this cause we're all Facebook friends, but just so proud of, of those, you know, um, those people and what they did after that loss. So that was the main tragedy. Um, how it's evolved for me really is once I got through the dark time of blaming myself, having guilt, why wasn't it me? I didn't have any kids. You know, I should have stopped. I, I thought we might come close to the wires. All those, I don't deserve to be happy. You know, all that stuff that we struggle with when we go through a dark time. For me, it was that point where I, I finally said to myself, all right, I got, I got to kind of get back in the game here of life. And there's a different, for me, there, there is a hell of a difference between just living and being alive. Just living is when you're going through the motions and you're in a rut and you know it and, and you, you're not doing anything about it. You know, maybe you're beating yourself up. You feel like, oh my gosh, I have to be strong. If I let people know that I'm struggling in life, you know, that's a sign of weakness. Well, I, I'd say bullshit. When you're struggling and you can go to somebody and say, hey, Nick, man, I, I don't really feel good here. I need some help. And that's a sign of strength. And what people have to understand is regardless of, you know, lower ladder, hit electric line, lose a job, you know, lose a significant other, lose a child, a spouse, lose your job. We all go through those challenges in life. And that's the time, you know, when you drop down into a bit of a valley, that's when you got to look around and say, I can't get through this on my own right now. I, I, need, some, I need some support here and some help. And that's really where the, the principles, you know, that I call Jackrabbit, that you're wearing here and that, we, that we've got on our little coffee mug, wine glass or whatever, is um, that I wrote about in the book. They're the principles that I said, so after I had the accident, went to a really dark place, was, was very, very close to self-destruction, you know, the final act of self-destruction. And, uh, you know, thankfully that did not occur. But I started to tell my story more. And then I went to a coaching school, the Hudson Institute in Santa Barbara, wonderful school if anybody's looking for some, some coaching work. Uh, Pam McLean is the CEO there. I went out there and it was an eight-month uh, coaching program. And it was great because the accident happened for me in 92. And I went to the coaching program in about 2006, seven, you know, so I was married then I had two kids. I had kind of moved the accident still had some residue for me for sure, but I was back and I was working and, and, and kind of back in the game of life, so to speak. And I went out there and at the end of the, of the coaching and people had said to me before, you know, you ought to write a book. And I tried, I started it a couple of times and, and then, you know, for anybody that started a book before, you get all that negative self-talk and you go, oh, I can't do this. It's never going to get published. Nobody would read it. I'm not a good writer, blah, 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 all that stuff. Um, at the end of the coaching program, we had two or, th- I guess, about three or four options for our final project. And one of them was you could develop a model. You know, like, uh, you know, Stephen Covey has the seven habits of highly effective people. Jack Canfield has sales success principles. You know, John Maxwell has the 10 traits of a, a wonderful leader. You know, all these things. So I thought to myself, wait, here I am. I'm almost 40 years of age. It's been, you know, 12 years or so since that accident. 
and I'm feeling pretty good in life. Still have some challenges, always will. Um, what principles did I apply on that journey? And that's when I started to think about people that influenced me. I started to think about different habits that I developed based on other people. And I thought, okay, here's the model of, of Danny Bader's spin on the five principles that we should all practice to move the path of resilience, create more happiness and more fulfillment. So awesome. Um, and you mentioned one thing I wanted to, um, you know, elaborate on there in uh, the fact that, that you talked about how um, through, this, through this journey and, you know, through this process of how you went from, you know, these habits. And I love you mentioned all of these books, which, you know, I think I've read uh, two out of the three of the books, which I'm a huge fan of. And, yeah, you know, does this correlate into like, like the daily practices or when you say your principles, is it just like a way of living or the, like, the specific things that you're doing each and every day to, you know, to live this life? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's great. It's both. It is. Um, so when you say it's a way of living for me, I call it a lifestyle. So when people see like Jack Rabbit, you know, on the, on the t-shirt that you have or the back of my Jeep actually is JCKRBBT. The reason I, I called the, the brand and, and the model Jackrabbit is because of all the animals in the animal kingdom, the Jackrabbit has really good vision. Its eyes sit back on its head and pretty high up. So you think about if I'm a Jackrabbit right now, my eyes are like this, I can kind of see everything, you know, upside, backwards. So it's that full awareness of your environment, which is so important for us as people. You know, I, I know many times I've been focused on one area of life, you know, okay, I got to get this job, I got to get this promotion, you know, and then these other areas are suffering, you're looking at your relationships, you know, maybe with your aging parents or your kids, or, or you look over here at your health, and you go, man, muscle tones going away, and you know, the belt's getting tight, and whatever, whatever, I haven't volunteered in a little while. So Jackrabbit gives you that notion of let me pay attention to all of my life. And even when I'm more focused on one area i'm doing that consciously and i also know that these two or these two or three are still in the play and i'm giving them you know what i can while i'm focused on this one area so um jackrabbit for me is really a lifestyle and that's people say what do you mean and if i have that shirt that you have on when i wear it the, the five principles are on the back and they're to develop vision um and then turn that into reality there you go thank you be still know thyself seek support and a word that you used earlier evolve to undergo continuous uh, gradual change and growth so yeah jackrabbit for me is a lifestyle those are five principles that look real nice in a model and they look real cool on a t-shirt and you read about them in a book and we're inspired but as you know it, unless we take whatever framework we operate by in our life and most times people are unconscious of it right it's just on automatic pilot We've got to take that because they're, they're the beliefs and the principles that we have, and then you got to turn it into action. So for me, you know, vision is every year I write a letter to myself. I learned this at the Hudson Institute. I talk about it in the book. So I write the whole story of my years if it already happened in all those key areas. And then once a week, it's in an Outlook, you know, my Outlook calendar, it's in a um, all-day event on Friday. And it's probably about, you know, two or three Word document pages, Google Doc pages. And it's the whole story of my life. And I'm always getting back to it every week to say, okay, yep, yep, yep. This is what I'm working on to make real. 
And some of it does become real as the year goes on. You know, so, that, so for me, I, I believe it all begins with vision. You know, I-A-B-W-V. We've also, as you know, we've also got Jackrabbit shirts that capture the essence of the principles. So one is I-A-B-W-V. It all begins with vision. And then on the back, they're co-branded with, um, I have a family member, dear family member, who is living courageously with ALS. So they're co-branded with an organization up in New England, um, the ALS Therapy and Development Institute, where 20% of the t-shirts will go there. So um, it all begins with vision. And then we have one that um, says DLDSM. And that's a mantra. I think you have one, don't let dumb shit matter, which is you said, just keep things in perspective. Life is going to have its struggles. Absolutely. Pay attention, move through them, but also understand that, that that struggle that you're in is in your life, right? Your life is bigger than that struggle. It's not like the struggle has consumed your life. Just remember that it's, it's a piece in there. Um, so DLDSM, it all begins with vision. And then IAGBO, which is one that people are, are liking right now, it's all going to be okay. And that's a mantra of ours. And sometimes people go, well, you know, in difficult times, how, how can you say it's all going to be okay, Danny? Well, if you look at the definition of okay, something is okay because of acceptance or agreement. So you think mm -hmm. about it. It's okay right now because I absolutely agree with going, what's going on. This is great, man. I agree with it. This is perfect. Or it's okay because I accept what's happening and I realize it's kind of a journey and, and a struggle of life. Yeah, so vision's really key in that in all the principles. Yeah, and I think you know the big thing in with uh, you know mentioned like going through your your ups and downs and the struggles and you know talking about this this virus and kind of everything's going to be okay. It's just such an interesting correlation because the one thing I was thinking about recently, I was like, I'm so glad this happened, and it you know. And again, I'm saying that from a light of trying like to see the positives that are coming from it. Yes, mm -hmm. it's horrible. And like a lot of people have lost their lives and there's businesses that are, that are failing. But, you know, so many people got woken up is how I kind of phrased it, where people were just going through life, you know, just every day routine, just like not happy, but not doing anything and not changing anything. And this, it was a pattern disruptor mm -hmm. into everyone's natural just like flow that they were in it's like whoa i'm not happy like i need to do something i need to change have you noticed that kind of like you know seeing that light that that positive thing that comes from it and how this kind of like breaks the the, the habit that people are in oh i think so yeah it, it has to you know the change is so the routine is so is so much ruptured now for people that they can't help but to say, oh, oh my gosh, I can't go here. I can't do this. I'm no longer commuting every day. I'm no longer in ro robot mode, right? Wake up, shower, work, home, sleep, wake up, shower, work, home, sleep. And they're going, there's so many more possibilities. So yeah, many times when negative things show up, there's a great exercise that we do in coaching where people say, I am so thankful for whatever that is. And then you fill in why, what's the other side of that? Where, where's the value that's coming out of that? You know? So, um, oh yeah, I think, I think people are, are certainly rocked by this. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's part of learning. You know, we do, we do a, uh, 
exercise in my podcast called the, or um, my webinar called the path of resilience, where it's a lifeline. You just draw a line across the middle of the page and you think about the significant events in your life and anything that's um, a struggle, pain, suffering, challenging times, they go below the line. And then anything, you know, accomplishments, fulfillment, celebrations, successes, they go above the line. And what people do is when they do this, right? And, you, you know, my accident in 1992, certainly way below the line, dark time. But what you do is you look at this, a couple of things happen. You go, wow, I've had a lot of good things happen in life. I'm thankful for that. And I've had a lot of challenges and struggles. And then I have them connect the dots. And what happens is I say, as you look at every challenge and struggle that you've been through in life, I pretty well damn bet that there's a line that comes up out of that. And that's your resilience, right? That's your recovery. That's your learning. That's you know, as St. Paul said, you know, press on, run the race, fight the good fight. And that, that's what we're doing. Yeah, that's such a cool uh, kind of practice to, to do. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just your way of, of and you mentioned before, um, you know, talking about that practice is just like the gratitude aspect, which is, mm -hmm. you know, something that, you know, is a common trend on this podcast that yeah. just starting your day with that gratitude is a whole different perspective. And it's so interesting because I'm trying to push this, not push it, but open people's eyes to this fact in that it's a, a mental, uh, like trigger that you can set in your brain that oh, yeah. I've noticed through my practices that it's like coming stronger and stronger. And that when I have a negative thought, like, boom, I'm getting slammed with something I'm grateful for. It's just right. like this natural default right. that I've been able to do. Right. Um, so I love that aspect of having that gratitude. Now, when you do your grad, do you do specifically something where you're writing it every day? You mentioned you do yeah. it with your clients. Um, so here, nice. Here, yep. So here's my, here's my journal. And I've probably got about, gosh, nine or 10 of these that I've already done in my office. And I've gone through periods, you know, as I look back, there may be times when I go and, and there's like a month where I haven't journaled. But I'm, I'm pretty consistent now. I would say the past two years, it's almost every day. And I get into that journal and I may write, write some of the things I'm thankful for. I may write some of the things I'm struggling with, some of the things that don't seem to make sense. You know, may, I, I may kind of just write through an interaction that I had with somebody, either, you know, a wonderful, joyful interaction or not so good. But yeah, I think when, when you talk about the principles of Jackrabbit and we talked about vision, really important, right? Get clear on the big picture for you. However you do that, whether it's a letter back to yourself, whether it's a vision board, whether it's goal setting software or whatever, make sure that you realize like, you know, why am I getting my ass out of bed every day? It's not to be caught on the proverbial hamster wheel. Go to the bigger picture, right? And I think that's what a lot of people are waking up to right now. Another principle is to be still. And for me, it's meditation. You know, even this morning, we're down at the beach now and I took a little run along the bay and it was quiet and there's a couple of fishermen, you know, I just cruise by, no music, say good morning to them. And, you know, I, I go out to this jetty where I stop and, you know, today I cranked out 10 Hail Marys for, for my brother-in-law and some people. Um, so journaling is all part of that. But I, I think if, if people, you know, if you're thinking about what should I be doing more of to put me in a, in a greater state of joy, gratitude, recovery, focus, resilience, I one slide in my webinar and I say, make sure you're getting your daily dose, D-O-S-C. And dose is an acronym. So I want anybody that's not familiar with this, you might be, just go look it up. D is for dopamine. O is for oxytocin. S is for serotonin. 
and E is for endorphins. All right, you wanna look at those four because they're neurotransmitters, brain chemicals that we can release on demand versus the stress and the cortisol and everything else which comes from negative self-talk and why we can't do something and focusing on our regrets and our poor choices and where we screwed up. They're real, absolutely, but you, you know, your mistakes and your poor choices don't define you. For me, I look and I go, well, they're just an event or they can be a lifestyle, your choice. But you wanna make sure you get your daily dose because here's how I see it. I wake up in the morning, right? And there's a guy in my head, right? Let's pretend he's got a shovel. Everybody's kind of seen the image of the guy shoveling coal into the old locomotive to get the engine rolling. So for me, the guy standing there with a shovel and it's neutral. And over here on this side, he's, he's getting a big pile of all the stress, cortisol, and all that crap that puts us in places of fear and anxiety and, and, and constriction and regret and all those things. And then over here, he's got the dose, right? Dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin. And we have a choice as to which one we can put in our head. So when, when we start, wake up, up in the morning, you really, I talk about winning the morning hours the zero hour. So you think from a military perspective, you know, the military goes 0500 is 5 a.m., 0600, 0700. I think it's really important for us, I know, to win the zero hours. What's your routine in the morning, right? That's really getting you rolling. So when I wake up, you know, I kind of think if, if I'm in, this guy's, he's got a big pile of shit over here and he can shovel that into your brain all day long if you want. Or he's got this, this good pile. So when you exercise and you practice gratitude and you practice meditation, and maybe you volunteer and you start to help somebody right away, even if you get up and you get into work and you're organized and you mark some things off, that's releasing all these chemicals, right? Versus the other side of negative self-talk, blame, you know, thinking about a meeting that you have going, oh my God, that guy's such a jerk that runs this meeting. I hate this meeting. I don't even want to be in there. This is a stupid project. All those things. So the guy with the shovel, I mean, you kind of control him. So <laughs> that's they, exactly it. You know, it's, it's a, what you think about and what you put towards is, you know, what you become. Oh yeah. You know, and I love, and it goes to everything you've been talking about with like your vision and, and just like having that level of focus on what it is that you want to do, feel, have, and the actions that correlate to making that happen. And to me, that's like the big thing. You know, it's something I've been really trying to stress with, with my audience with different social media posts is kind of like, you're not going to think your way out of this. Mm -mm. It's done through actions and habits. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's like, you know, how can, how can we incorporate these things, you know, that are going to contribute, you know, to that aspect, to that that growth of, you know, becoming that. I love that. I just, now I have that analogy of just like shoveling good stuff, you know, oh, yeah. into your brain train. <laughs> yeah, that's it, man. The brain train. I like that. Yeah. Mel Robbins, you know, she has a five second rule, which is tremendously um, popular and just a, a good, simple model. So she talks about, you know, five, five, four, three, two, one. Okay. Let me go do something. When I feel like crap, procrastination, fear, five, four, three, two, one, almost that countdown puts you into an action state. Um, but I believe that it is, you know, a lot of the thinking and that little voice and what we're saying to ourselves does lead to the action or the lack of it. So we, we can kind of act our way into it. You know, people say fake it until you make it or whatever. So the action then reinforces that way of thinking. Um, but I, I think they're so very closely connected. But for me, I believe that, that we act from emotion and feeling. 
not logic. I mean, if we acted from logic every day, we would get up, we'd make sure we're saving money, we'd eat nutritiously, we'd have good weight and everything else. But we act from our emotions and our fear and our regret and our anger and, and being pissed off at somebody. So your emotions and your feelings, I believe, I believe really come from the chatter. I'm talking like this going, oh my gosh, I'm going to release this book right now. It's a second edition. What if it doesn't do well? What, well, now I'm not feeling so good. So am I going to go with my actions to promote it? Probably not. You know, same the same way in exercise. If you're laying in bed going, oh, I can't believe it, man. I feel so bad. I can't believe I put these 20 pounds on right now. I should never have done it. That That's not going to get your ass out of bed and exercise. You know, you yeah. want to hold the image of you seeing, seeing yourself 20 pounds down. You know, you got to look at other people that have done just what you want to do. And you go, okay, great. They did it. I can do it. There's every reason I can do it. And, and there's every reason I can. So where, where do I want to choose, you know? Yeah. And that vision, and it goes back to like what you're talking about, where you're actually writing out exactly, you know, how you, how you see it. Um, you know, that's something that, that I have in, in my, um, you know, process of just like visualization of trying to, to see what, you know, the life I want and what that looks like, you know? And, you know, I think it's a huge part because we talk about what we want. We may even write down what we want, but like actually taking the time to think about it, write it down in detail, describe it vividly. I love the idea that you have that you mentioned like of doing, you know, the five years and just kind of like reviewing that um, each day. But yeah, like just that visualization of seeing the life that we want to have and how we want to feel just mm-hmm. makes such a massive impact. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, for people around that whole visualization and everything else, sometimes that gets a, a bad knock, you know, self-help, woo-woo stuff, you know, the secret, just imagine it, it's going to happen for yourself. But I think there's so much truth into it that it, it really raises two things. I call them the big if. If we read a story, right, of our life as if it already happened, but it didn't, and there's value in there, you're going to write a story of value. You're going to be inspired, right? And that's your, that's your internal. That's not motivated. Nobody else is doing it. You're just going, man, I feel good imagining this stuff happening in my life. Then it should create the if, right? Inspiration and focus. Focus now is the concentration of attention or energy. So that's the action piece. So I'm not saying, you know, I'm not going to sit in my chair right here and just, you know, I'm, I'm going to continue to think about this being made into a movie. That's where it begins. Now, what are the actions that I can take? What can I do with the screenplay? What can I do with the script? Who am I always emailing? Where am I always Googling movie producers of faith-based movies? You got to take all the actions. But if you don't have that vision, kind of that that compass of, of, hey, where am I headed in the next seven months, you know, for folks? Think about it. 2020 is not over yet. I did a podcast with our daughter, Lizzie, who's a freshman at University of Penn, and she was very disappointed. Spring semester, you know, home, the whole track season, she's a runner. She's worked really hard. And um, she said to me in the podcast, you know, Dad, life's not canceled. And I said, I like that, honey. I'm going to use that. So again, COVID-19 is sitting inside of your life. Life, COVID-19. Your life is bigger than that. And I don't know about you, but I got seven months left of 2020. It ain't over. And there's a lot of things that we still can control. So I would encourage people to kind of sit down and say, you know what, Danny and Nick, they were right. I got seven months left. What can I go out and create in those seven months? You know, even still, you know, understanding the reality of the situation. Yeah. And it, you, you hit on the, the nail on the head on, on the control, 
Um, you know, and, and we have a tendency sometimes to get worked up over the things that we can't control. Oh, yeah. And when you release that cell, when you release that from yourself and just only focus on the things that you can control, uh, things get a lot less stressful and, you know, easier, happier. Um, mm-hmm. and, and just like, Oh, it's COVID-19, blah, blah, blah. Well, okay. Well, what can I do? Not, Oh, I can't go outside, but well, what can I do? What can I do inside that would be productive or, oh, sure. you know, and just, it's a, it's a framework. It's a mindset on, it and it goes back to that positive aspect too, of just like seeing the positive, seeing how I can take the situation that I'm in and just focusing on what you can control. Yeah. Yeah. You know, some people have talked to me about and said, well, I'm losing, you know, COVID-19, I'm losing so much. You know, I, I lost graduation. I lost the ability, I lost my prom. I lost the ability to um, compete at the um, pen relays. You know, I lost a lot of revenue because all of my events were canceled for the second quarter. You know, I lost, you know, my wedding got pushed back or whatever it might be. So you hear about all these disappointments and they're right. And I've had them and, and you've had them. But here's what I offered to somebody and they said, how, how do you know it's going to all be okay? They were kind of pushing me a little bit on that, which was cool. I appreciated it. And I said, well, at the end of this COVID-19, I'm still probably going to be alive. And I'm, I'm going to have a lot of people in my life that love me and I love them. And um, I'm probably going to be reasonably healthy. So I got those three things. I might have lost some things for sure. So people go, yeah. I said, well, what of those three things would you trade to have back revenue, a prom, a graduation? You're not going to trade any of those things. They're the foundation for our life, right? Health, family, a little bit of vision. They're the key things. So then somebody said, well, you know, they they didn't know my backstory. So I had a little fun with them and they were cool, but they said, so, okay, I got it. You know, you'll be alive. You'll be reasonably healthy. All people were, what what would happen if you got COVID-19 and you died? I said, well, that would be the second time and it's all going to be okay. <laughs> and then I shared a little bit with them and they were really cool. But yeah, my experience, you know, when I died, and we can get into that if we need to, you know, there's no question that there's existence after this. And uh, it was beautiful. And that word does not even describe it. Yeah, that's so amazing. And then to go back to that person's question, it you know, my, my answer, at least to that would be just like, well, thinking that it's going to be bad just sounds horrible. So why would you have a thought process other than that? It doesn't serve you to not believe that everything is going to be okay. You know, that worry, that stress, Mm -hmm. you know, at the end of the day, it's like, all right, well, what is that going to do for me? Nothing. It's going to make you upset. It's going to make you miserable. It's going to make you stressed. Whereas if you truly just accept and believe that everything will be okay, mm-hmm. then it will because at the end of the day, like you mentioned earlier, that okay is your definition and just like it's a perspective and whether it or is. not you believe it's okay and that things yeah. are going to get better. There's a I quote agree. I always love to share and it's like, uh, I forget the exact quote, but it's kind of like, um, you know, dark times are going to come but it, right. you just have to know that, that it will get brighter, you know, yeah. and not, that's the big thing is just, if you believe things will get better yeah, then they will. And really right. all you need is that belief. Yeah, you do. And you have to move through it and have some, you know, one of the principles of Jackrabbit is seek support. So you got to make sure that you're seeking support from, from wherever you would get it. 
you know, listening to podcasts, reading books, certainly from the people you surround yourself with, you know, and then for me, you know, I get support from God, the source, spirit, universal consciousness, whatever somebody might call it. But that, that's it. I mean, without that, you know, a lot of times in difficult times and challenging times for, for a country, for a school, for a team, for an individual, they talk about the human spirit, right? The human spirit, it always shows up. And, and, and I believe that the human spirit is hardly human. The human spirit is hardly human. So we have to connect into that. Yeah. And one thing you mentioned too, uh, about like support, um, and you touched on it earlier as well. And I think it's just such an important aspect of, of realizing like you don't have to do this alone, regardless of your situation, whether you're, you know, single or, you know, out of family, like there's, there's so much out there. Um, so many people that, Mm -hmm. that want to help and support. And, you know, there is definitely that, that fear of, you know, just like, I think the judgment that comes with asking for help and it's just like not the case. And, and I love that, that things have certainly time, like changed that, like, you know, talking with a therapist used to be like very taboo. Um, and now it's kind of very almost like mainstream a little bit. Uh, And I think that's a cool, cool aspect, you know, to it. Yeah. I just had a podcast interview the other day. It'll probably be out. You know, we have a podcast back to life that you know about. And um, Dr. Margaret Rutherford, I had the uh, pleasure of having her on the podcast the other day, be out probably in June. And um, she wrote a book, uh, a book called Perfectly Hidden um, Depression. And it talks about, you know, perfection and how on the outside I have to have everything together. You know, and it's been around a long time, but, and she's a clinical psychologist. So she talks about the different academic um, definitions and diagnoses of depression but then she talks about this one this perfectly hidden depression and it's it's pretty powerful you know and in there in our conversation is is what she said you know when she would talk with her patients to go oh i i can't tell anybody i can't even say the words i could never ask for help you know i have to uh, you know i'm working and i've got to bring the money in and i've got to be a super mom and super dad and everything else um, yeah, so so interesting. You know, check out her some of her stuff. If anybody out there is feeling some of that, just just Google Doctor Margaret Rutherford and take a look. She's got some YouTube clips and all. Really, really a great lady doing great work. Yeah, and one thing you mentioned, um, you know, perfection, and it, it's such a funny, funny word because so many people focus on that. And you know, with what I teach and like video marketing, you know, people are their worst critics, and they always want things to be so perfect and in my opinion perfection right. is a it's a myth it's an excuse that sure. that people come up with to prevent them from you know doing things it's just yeah. like you're never going to be perfect nothing's going to be perfect you're your worst critic right yeah it's a good belief to have that we are um somebody said to me once uh, perfectly imperfect and i say cool i love that yeah and we know it's it's any imperfections and the struggles and the challenges we all know it. that's where we grow that's where we, um, you know, we, we become more resilient, you know, our relationships deepen, our love and forgive, you know, they, they never come out of times when everything's great. You don't go, oh, everything's great right now. I'm really cranking up on my self-forgiveness. No, it's when we screw up, you know? Yeah, it is. It's, and it's, it's so easy to focus on, on those, those screw ups. And, you know, I think there's definitely a level of, of like, 
okay, you can think about the things that you screwed up, but the point of thinking about them is not to dwell on them, but to think about how we grow from them, mm-hmm. you know? And that's, that's what this show is all about. Um, yeah. it, you know, it's called let's grow together. Um, and it kind of goes to like us talking about support, but it's also, you know, that growth is that, you know, how can we continue to grow? Cause you're not going to grow without the mistakes, right? You know, is, uh, have you had anything, um, you know, I guess anything specific more so maybe recently that, um, you know, has just like helped you dramatically grow, obviously aside from, you know, that experience that you had that we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. um, but maybe something more recent that has been really effective for your own personal growth. Oh yeah. Yeah. A couple things. Um, in terms of, you know, building my business and building my brand, you know, I got involved with somebody who was, you know, the brand coach, brand business, help authors, help speakers and all. And it turned out not to, to have yielded the results that I expected. And, um, you know, significant investment of money. And I was just beating myself up about that for a little while. And then I thought, well, okay, what, what was the good that came out of this? Well, the good is I did meet two cool people that now have helped me with my books, book covers. So I made some great relationships through that. Um, And the other thing is I just do a little more due diligence now before I go and get somebody to help me because I'm always, you you always need somebody to help you build your brand. Um, And then from a personal perspective, there was just a couple of things in life that I wasn't dealing too much with. And I guess, what, what is it now? It's a month, probably about six months ago. I had a couple instances where I realized that, you know, for me in life, when life and maybe for a lot of people listening, um, you know, after the accident, when I was growing up, high school, college, you know, I definitely, you know, as a drinker, you drink, you have fun, you party, you're young and everything else. And then um, after the accident, it it was, uh, it got pretty bad. And then other times throughout my life, I would turn to that, you know, when I wasn't dealing with something well in life it was really easy for me to, to just go get drunk. I wasn't drinking every day. I wasn't drinking at 10 in the morning or whatever that is. But there would be those times where I would just be, you know, be in a victim mode kind of and, and have a lot too many. And I had a real awareness about that in uh, December. And I'm, I'm happy to report the past six months have been, been pretty good. Still enjoying you know, a couple beers and some wine, but no more hard liquor and vodka and all that kind of stuff. So one of the principles of Jackrabbit is to know thyself. So we can know thyself by paying attention to our self-talk. For me, it was the ability to hold up the mirror and know myself and look and say, wait, man, that's, that's not who you want to be. You know, that's, you don't want to be you know, that guy that can, can hardly talk because he's, he's so drunk. And then you wake up the next day and you still got the same damn problem, right, with a brand new hangover. And I'm like, this ain't working. So at 56 years of age, like some people were going, well, that took you a long time, Danny. So yeah, uh, yeah a couple of things there from one from a business perspective and one from a personal perspective. Yeah. It, it, alcohol is such an interesting thing. I always say it's like uh, you're borrowing uh, the happiness from, from tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, it's just like a natural thing. But like you mentioned too, um, yeah. it's a moderation thing. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's the biggest thing because I know for me, um, I often try and be like very strict on things that it's like a no go kind of thing. Like, Nope. Mm -hmm. All right. Don't do this. Like Mm -hmm. I've had the same thought of like never drinking again, but it's just like, it's not who I am. It's not about, uh, you know, like I like to casually drink also. So to eliminate it is just like almost unrealistic. Yeah. 
I have no judgment for people that, that drink. I have no judgment for people that don't, you know, that just is, you know, years ago I used to. So that's the personal, you know, that's my knowing myself and saying, get out of judgment, man. It's, it's, you know, there's still times I catch myself where I'm, where I'm in kind of a judgment mode, but everybody's on their own journey. You know, last night we got down here and there's a sunset over the bay and, uh, you know, our, our son came home. So it's the first time I've seen him in three months. And, you know, I had a Miller Lite and a cigar. I watched the sunset and it was great. You know, I didn't get up this morning and run four miles. It's just, what are your, what are your, what do you want, right? What's your vision? How are you thinking about that? And then, all right, let's take that down to action right now. Yeah. yeah. And I love that. And I, you know, the judgment aspect is such an interesting thing because it's, it's in, I think it's impossible to like never judge, you know, like right. it's, it's in our natural instinct. Right. I think the important thing is, is again, it comes to like, like what you said, know thyself and just like being self-aware sure. that when you do judge someone or you're thinking about judgment that you catch yourself and sure. you're just like, all right, don't judge, you know, that person. And sure. you know, I had, the, I had a, a similar thought recently. I'm, I'm part of this like coaching group and um, you know, so I'm getting trained and there's a lot of other students on there and I'm always so, you know, nervous about getting called on and, and getting in front of the spotlight because there's like the wary of the judgment. But the funny thing is when everyone else is on, if they make a mistake, I'm not judging them. So why would I expect sure. that they're judging me if I make yeah. a mistake? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's such an interesting thing of, of like judgment and how that like correlates in our, in our lives. Yeah, it really does. It's just, you know, it, judgment is typically where somebody operates from a different set of beliefs than we do, right? So here, here's what I believe, right? And your beliefs are all driving your actions and what you're doing. And then somebody else is doing something. It's a different set of beliefs. But here's the thing too, you know, our beliefs are oftentimes formed through our experiences many times. So I'll look sometimes and, and now what I do when I see somebody and I'm, you know, if I'm in that mode, I can't believe they did that or whatever. You know, then, then I, I, I catch myself, right, and say, I have no idea what their life has been like. No idea how they, how they grew up. I remember a story one time. I was at a um, private school in, um, near my home, and a priest friend of mine, real dear friend of mine, uh, Father Conley, he was doing some volunteer with some, some after-school teaching with some inner-city kids that had had a you know, pretty tough life. And they were young grade schoolers. And I came in, and this one kid was just so withdrawn in the class, and, you know, not a lot of energy and, and didn't seem to really care. And he, and he wasn't disruptive or whatever, but I was just kind of sitting there going, man, what's the matter with that kid? You know, he should, he should be thankful that he's got this school. He should be, and, I, you know, I'm in my mind, right? I'm in my judgment, not knowing what's happening. And I talked to my, my friend after that. We went out and grabbed a bite to eat. And he's like, oh, yeah, man, that kid, he's, he's got it rough. His house for about a month this year didn't have a front door on it. There was no front door on his row home in the hood where he lived. And I'm like, got it, got it. And it was just, the, it was almost like that slap to me to say, come on, Danny. Think you have no idea where these people came from, how they grew up. So, so just go with it, you know, meet them where they are, lead with love. Yeah. Wow. And, and, and yeah. then you mentioned earlier too, about like, um, you know, our belief is everything and not being religious beliefs, but just our beliefs in general about how we see the world and it's created through, you know, our experiences. So sure. when we see somebody doing something, 
our belief in the case is like, oh, that's wrong or, oh, that person shouldn't be doing that. Oh, sure. Because that's just like what we've uh, become accustomed to. But like, right. is it wrong? No, because it's just a belief. There's no, there's no right, wrong, yes. Yeah. Yeah, right or wrong, right? Right or wrong is judgment. Right or wrong is judgment. So the belief, the definition that I like is a, um, you know, our assumption or conviction that we hold to be true. Got it? Mm -hmm. So that's it. You, you all have assumptions and convictions that you hold to be true. And when somebody has a different one, then therein lies the opportunity for a lot of friction and tension and judgment and all those things. Right. And then so, it yeah, goes operate by your principles. I'm not saying you have to surrender yours and go, oh, well, okay, Danny said, you know, no, you have your beliefs and you can operate by them, but you have to understand that people are going to operate by theirs, you know, and, and where there's, you know, where there's bodily harm or, or threat to life or health. Yeah. You have to defend yourself for sure. But in most cases, that's not the case. So you just, just do your thing, lead your life. You know what I mean? Let, let your actions convey how you are. Yeah, you know? yeah. exactly. And like, you know, like you said, like that most of the time, you know, those person's actions are not affecting you um, in any way. You know, it, it's a, a choice to let that person's actions right. and beliefs like sure. conflict. And you see this on social media too. And well, like, that's it. When that person influences you, the guy in your head's grabbing the shovel and he's going into the, the shit pile and he's throwing it in there, right? Somebody cuts yeah. you off in traffic. You have no idea. They're not cutting you off in traffic in all likelihood. They don't even know who you are. You're never going to see them again. They just drive like that, but you don't know. They may be in a hurry to go see a loved one who's in, in bad shape or they're just a knucklehead driver either way, but you have your choice in how to respond to that. You know, mm -hmm. people go, no, you got to speed up, get on their bumper, you know, popping the finger or whatever. And I'm going, okay, but that's going to dump a lot of stress into your body probably. And stress is not healthy for your cardiac you know, system. So you can do that if you want, or you can just kind of slow down and, and pay attention to something else and let, let all that go. Yeah. It, it's similar to like, like I remember being in college, you know, the people that like, like starting fights cause like they did something and you're just like, mm -hmm. or said something. And it's like, really? Like, cause the way I see this going, even if I win the fight, my hand hurts, I probably got hit in the face. Like, what am I gaining from going through them? It's the same thing with like driving somebody in the car, you know, honking at them. It's like, what are you gaining? What's the goal, you know? And it, you know, so much of what we do when we focus on, the goals of our actions, instead of letting our emotions kind of just like go, then, mm -hmm. you know, things get so much easier when things like that happen. And yeah. again, the whole goal of this is to realize and, and that you can have a like very, you know, stress-free life based on how you choose because it is a choice right. on the actions that happen in your life. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is for sure. You just want, I, I think, just get clear for people, get clear on what, you, you know, what principles you operate within life. So if you had to come in and do a two or three hour um, workshop, everybody that's listening right now, and you had to lay out the principles of what you believe to be a productive and healthy life, you know, what would those principles be? That's it. Mm -hmm. But most people, as I said, they're just unconscious of that. My work, thankfully for me, is, you know, I, may, I had to become conscious of, of what was going to help me through a dark time and, and what was going to keep me, 
you know, being the best version that I could be of Danny Bader. And then as I write about them and speak about them on the podcast and everything, that just reinforces them for me. So it's, again, for me, it would be develop vision, be still, right? Practice meditation and stillness, seek support both for yourself from other people and be support. Make sure that you're looking around to really help people. I guarantee there's everybody listening right now, watching, there's probably two or three people in your life that need you more than you're showing up. You got to slow down and make yourself aware of that. And then uh, know thyself, right? So know, know how you're thinking, know how you're diff dealing with difficulties. You know, do you eat? Do you drink? Do you get mad at people? Do you shop? Whatever it might be. And then the fifth one is to evolve, which is just to undergo continuous and gradual growth. And people say, well, great, Danny, how do you evolve? How do you do that? And I say, just practice the other four. If you're always into those other four principles, you will continue to grow as a person. You know, I, I absolutely believe that to be true. Yeah. And I, and I think it's just such an important aspect of, of wanting to continue to grow. And I, I had a conversation uh, on Instagram with, with one person and it kind of had asked me and he was kind of like, um, I think the quote I had said was like, if you're in the same position you were last year, like you're doing something wrong or something, you know, something of that sort. Um, sure. And he was kind of like, well, isn't it okay to be like stable, you know, which is kind of an interesting word to use in this, you know, with everything that had been going on. Right. But, you know, I think from his perspective and just how he was viewing it was that, you know, he's comfortable with stable, but I believe that he was doing things that were growing, like your bank account steadily growing. And mm -hmm. there's things that are happening that are growth that I think he may not have even realized. And he had responded to that, you know, accordingly. But, you know, yeah. I just think that, we focus on growth, but also being like content and happy with where we are. There's sure. twofold to that. Yeah. Yeah, there really are. I remember a guy years ago, um, I was out in Aspen, Colorado, and uh, I was with a good friend of mine and his mom and dad came out who I knew from growing up outside of Norristown. Wonderful people. And they were going out for a ski lesson and they said, come on, you come with us. And I said, no, no, no. And they're just great, generous, wonderful people. So they said, come on, we got a whole group. You jump in with us. So I went skiing all day and we took a lesson and uh, we were skiing the moguls. So on a, on a mountain, there are those bumps, right? Those big bumps. Mm -hmm. And for me, you know, it was always something I struggled with and, and I never really took lessons. So I remember the instructor was telling me, and I kind of equate this to life. He would say, listen, Danny, here's the thing. When you're skiing down and you're in a turn, right? On one of the moguls or in a trough or whatever. You're in that turn and you're conscious. Your, your, your knees are out over your ski boots. Your hands are downhill. Your shoulders are square to downhill because you don't want to get off balance. He said, but while you're doing that and you're in that turn, you're looking down at the next two. And I'll never mm -hmm. forget it. Yeah, so we're in our life today. We're executing. We're taking action. But it's the dance between being in today and also kind of looking over the fence to say, all right, where am I headed tomorrow, next week, this month, this year. Oh, great. Okay, good. That's where I'm headed. Let me get back here and pay attention to what I'm doing. All right, great. Where are we going? It's, it's that dance. So for me, and heck, that was when I was 20, that's probably 21 years ago or something, 31 years ago. And um, I'll never forget that, right? Be where you are, but always kind of taking a peek where you're headed and keep dancing between those two. Yeah. And I love if that. You're always in the future, you know, it's that dreaming thing. And, you know, if, if you're here, you know, I think there's a great quote around it, right around task and dream. And, um, 
you got to just, okay, where am I going? How am I thinking? Now it's the action piece. Too much personal growth, I believe, a lot of it that I've experienced. Um, you know, they leave the action piece out. You know, it's all what you're doing, what you're saying, but you got it. You got to take the action, man. You got to call people. You got to send the emails. You got to pick up the phone. You know, you got to, you got to do the talk when you're asked and you're scared of shit to get up in front of somebody, you know, yeah. the action. It, yeah. All begins with action, man. You know? Yeah. There's a quote. I, yeah, there's a quote I heard from, uh, um, Jim quick and he basically said, knowledge is in power. Mm -hmm. Um, knowledge is, uh, the tool or the p potential of power. Mm. And, you know, so it just goes into that aspect of like execution over knowledge. Like mm -hmm. if you're learning something and not implementing an execution, you know, it's not gonna, mm -hmm. you know, work for you. Yeah. Uh, I also do love the ski analogy that you brought up because I was actually getting ski lessons from uh, a, a work colleague while we were in Colorado first time I'd ever skied and he's like super advanced. So mm -hmm. he's teaching me and he kind of was like, you want to look to where you want to go. Yep. Not where you don't want to go. Right. If you stare at the tree and you're like, don't hit the tree, don't hit the tree, don't hit the tree. Yeah. You're going to hit the tree. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be picking yourself out of the tree. Yeah. They call it the fall line, you know? So you've seen skiers, even the, the mogul skiers are the ones that do all the flips and all gymnastics. Um, and you know, quarterback, I'm, I'm sure Tom Brady has seen passes that he was going to throw to win games way before he's seen them. Mm -hmm. You know, Jason Day is a wonderful golfer, and between before every shot, you know, he'll he'll just stand there with his club behind. He hasn't hit the shot. He just closes his eyes, right? So he's just visualizing everything that he needs to do because there's so much power. And, right, if I play it up in my head once, it's much more likely to happen in reality. Yeah. Yeah, a lot That's of such power a great vision. A lot of right. Yeah. And we've talked about so many awesome things and this has been, uh, this has been so amazing and I know that we could go on and on and I'm sure you, I'll, cool. you will be back for, uh, and, you know, as a part two for sure. Um, oh, yeah, I would love to. Yeah. And as we kind of like wrap things up, one question I always like to ask, and I know you've, you've referenced like numerous books and also you right. have a ton of books, which I think is so awesome. And your books mm. are very unique in that they're stories yeah. And there's the lessons in the stories. And I, I think I, I love that aspect Great. of, because some people, some people aren't always crazy about like the personal development where they're just getting like preached to. So yeah. to be able to like tell a story and, you know, tell lessons and stories um, is a really cool uh, aspect. So obviously everyone should check out Danny's books and I'll, I'll put all the links uh, in the comments, but oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. I wanted to ask you if there was any books aside from your own or podcast that have been like extremely influential for you. Um, it could be recent, it could be, or it could be just something that you recommend to, to everyone that you talk to, or like, you know, is there a book that stands out to you um, that you would recommend? Yeah, I think a book that I, that I always recommend, a couple of books that I always recommend is uh, Man's Search for Meaning is Dr. Viktor Frankl. And he is a concentration camp survivor. You know, he's passed on now, but he lost his whole family in there. And it's just, a, a, again, a wonderful story of our choice in how we can choose what we want to choose in any given set of circumstances. And they're certainly, you know, some of the horrendous of all time, probably the horrendous of all time. Um, Andy Andrews is, is a, a writer, too. He's a comedian. He's a great speaker. Andy Andrews. He wrote one called The Traveler's Gift. 
And it's about, I won't give too much away, but it's a, a main character that meets these uh, historical figures at critical points in their life. So I think my story writing was certainly influenced by Andy Andrews. Robin Sharma is another guy. He wrote a book called um, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari, and then a whole series around that. So I, I like, you know, one of, the best, one of the best compliments I ever got, I think, about, about my books, and it was the back to life, is, is uh, somebody said to me, you know, it was a really, it was a self-help book that didn't read like a self-help book because I don't like self-help books and I really loved yours. And I was like, perfect, you know, for this person, I got it. And then, um, so Man's Search for Meaning and, and The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. The Alchemist, I think, is just great about the young shepherd Santiago that just goes on a journey of life. And again, there's a couple of messages in there for us. So there, there are some that I think are pretty powerful. Awesome. I love it. And that was great. And out of all those you listed, The Alchemist is the only one that I have read. And it was kind of my first experience on like the personal development told by a story. Yeah. Grab the traveler's gift. You'll really like that one. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds pretty awesome going through, going through history and, and, you know, books have the power to, to influence you on so many levels and learning. And I have like, I'm, I'm looking at my, my board right now of like so many quotes, um, you know, and the one from the alchemist that comes to my head that I don't see it on the board, but I know it's, no, it's here, but it's, you know, I forget, you know, paraphrasing, but you know, if you, if you put it out to the world enough, um, the universe will, uh, make it happen basically. Yeah. Yeah. And I couldn't believe in that, um, you know, anymore. It's just so powerful. There's another one from The Alchemist that I like, and, and I, I won't get it absolutely safe, but it says, um, the greatest lie is that at some point in your life, you believe everything is up to fate. In other wow. words, you don't have any control over it. Yeah, that's the greatest lie. So I, I think mm-hmm. that's, that one's pretty cool too. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Thank you so much, Danny. Uh, last thing, um, what's the best way for you know, someone to get, get in touch with you, reach out, follow you? Mm-hmm. Great. So to get in touch with me, you can just go to my website, dannybader.com. And, uh, you know, you can check out, I got the podcast there, Back to Life, got a blog. As I said, we got a lot of cool t-shirts out there that will help you to stay focused on something and support ALS research. Um, You can check out the new book, Back to Life, grab that on Amazon if you'd like. And um, to connect with me would just be Facebook, Danny Bader, um, Instagram, underscore Danny Bader, and LinkedIn as well. And Twitter as well, but probably, uh, you know, I do a lot on Facebook. That seems to be the social media that I'm, I'm working a lot. I'm comfortable with. I've got a significant follower group. But that's it. Yeah, I'd love to hear from you. And, and I trust that you picked up a few things from our, from our conversation, me and Nick. But I certainly wish everybody listening all the best. Absolutely. Yeah, this was, this was phenomenal. So thank you so much, Danny. And definitely, you know, check out his books. Give him a follow. This is, this is somebody you're going to want to. Uh, you know, watch and, and and learn from. And, you know, I've certainly noticed that from our first conversation. So I'm, I've always got my eye on you, uh, you know, watching and, and, and following you. And I'm excited to see right kind on. of uh, how we both, how we both grow together. Yeah. Well, um, our first conversation was in a wonderful diner over bacon and eggs. So that's usually a good atmosphere to have a good conversation, <laughs> right? Nothing Absolutely. beats bacon and eggs. Absolutely. So thank good you job. so much, Danny. And thank you everyone else. And remember, let's keep growing together. And if you enjoyed this message, please take a moment to write a review. By writing a review, it helps 
people find this message and helps me help more people. And if you really, really liked it, and you think this message could help someone else, take a screenshot, share it on Instagram, and please tag me at Nick J. Bonnie, N-I-C-K-J-B-O-N-I, so I can show my appreciation for you. We can all win by helping each other grow. Thank you. Take care, and I'll talk to you soon.